Everyone. Every book. Every second is magical. This is our every. Everyone. Every book. Every second is magical. This is our every. Welcome to our third episode of Every. We are proud to have been heard by at least a dozen people. Thank you all for listening. Today, we have a couple of chapters to read as I'm still compiling a list of books to review. Our first on-air review will be held on August 7th. Hopefully, we can get some feedback from our authors to give you some insight into their writing. Without any further delay, I give you Chapter 3, The Hunt Begins. As the four royals settled into the plush chairs in the war room, each adjusting so they could better view the others, they all seemed more than a bit nervous. Queen Sandria silently straightened her red gown over and over, glancing ever so subtly at the great wolf laying between King Kristoff and his queen. A small, disproving frown was glued on her face as she watched the royal couple. No man would dare sit so close and demand respect equal to hers in her court. King Ifri displayed a critical frown and pointed stare as Queen Erin settled into her spot next to her king without hesitation. None of his wives would dare. In his court, the women had a viewing gallery, and none would leave without permission. The great wolf gave a low growl as King Ifri sat up too suddenly startling Queen Sandria out of her rebellious thoughts. Before the tension grew too high for comfort, King Kristoff silently ordered the beast to his bed in the corner so the royals wouldn't be distracted further. You asked me to detail what tasks your daughters have to look forward to, what dangers await them, how should they prepare to assist and be tested in the future queen on this hunt? He paused and considered his answers to the royals before him. The Prince Heir Coronation Hunt is not like any other. In normal circumstances, the prince only takes two men with him as guard. It is the prince's task to commune with the gods at the prayer rock, then capture and tame a wild beast, making it his lifelong animal companion. Abner was my beast to tame. What entails this time? We will have to discuss. Again he stopped to allow for the king and queen to consider his words. I predict each of the ladies will have a part to play, a task to perform, which will push them to their limits before the group can return victorious. Danger will be an obstacle they will need to overcome before they can bond the animal to its master for life. King Kristoff frowned at the prospect of putting the ladies in danger, knowing it must happen. Fighting his inner conflict, he waited for reactions from the others. He looked to each of the royals, attempting to gauge their acceptance of the danger their offspring will be put into. So, my daughter will be placed in grave danger? Queen Sandria looked at King Kristoff in fright and trembled at the thought. I have two of marrying age, 
Should both be sent, then? Troubled thoughts played across her face as she pondered the fate of the ladies she would send, possible deaths of both of her heirs. I don't believe I could put my heir to the throne in that sort of trouble, and her sister has made it quite clear she detests the idea of marriage to any man. She would do as she is told, of course, but the responsibility will weigh her down. Your Grace, as your eldest daughter stands to inherit your throne, as is your custom, I would not dare to ask for your firstborn in this task. I would be glad of the company of your second daughter, whom we all know can defend herself. Though she detests marriage at this point, maybe she would be open to adventure. She rides well, I am told. She uses the dual daggers better than most of the Queen's guard. He smiled at the prospect of seeing such a woman, intelligent, strong, and capable at his son's side. You have heard well, Majesty. She aspires to protect our people with her life. Court life has never tamed her. She would head my guard if a woman was allowed. I refuse to let her waste her gifts as such. I will consult her on the matter. Taming a wild beast might suit her. She gazed at Abner as she said to last, thinking of how the animal came to be so obedient. King Ifri, your daughters, I understand, do not inherit your throne, but are married off. Do you have a daughter who would be up for the task? King Kristoff observed the snake king, fully aware of his views on the value of his women. His princesses would be thought to be refined and knowledgeable in many subjects, as their kingdom was well known for the vast library it contained. My eldest daughter has shown a penchant for using magic. Her herbal knowledge far exceeds that of any others. She has proved to be an excellent writer and linguist. I will speak with my Simbai regarding her cooperation. The dismissive gesture ensured the king he would need to speak with the Simbai to gain further knowledge. He acts as if he doesn't even know his daughter. She could eat the plants for all he knows. Queen Erin snorted as she took a sip from her teacup, covering herself with a cough. She glanced pointedly at King Kristoff, humor dancing in her eyes. Inwardly, King Kristoff sighed at the thought, knowing it would be disrespectful to ask more about the young lady. As to the details of what will happen, I may only tell you of the first ritual. The following events are unique to each hunt. Tomorrow morning, before dawn, the party will ride north on sturdy horses for half a day to the camp at the Prayer Rock. The ladies will be made comfortable for the day, while the heir makes the fifty-foot climb by hand. To ensure he owes only his strength, his wings will be tied. At the top, he will sit till dawn, praying for guidance and listening to the wind. When he descends, he will know of their destination, but not of the dangers of the journey. The winds will give him an image to follow of danger in the strait. It will lead him to his creature, but will not show him what it is. It is up to his instincts to lead him to the correct animal. There may be more than one. At that point, it will be which to kill and which to keep for the safety of his people. Upon his safe and successful return, we will have a banquet, the wedding, and then celebrate the coronation of our heirs. The silence that filled the air as the royals digested what this meant was palpable. 
It took several minutes before any was able to speak. It was Queen Sindria who broke the silence. I will prepare Kira for her role. She will help your son with her strength, cunning, stealth, and intelligence. She will see the beast tamed, and I will see her married. Should your son choose her, she will provide a strong queen to rule with. My elders could never go through such a trial. She hasn't the strength. She ended in a whisper, not wanting to reveal the weakness of her heir. I shall consult my Simbi and her sister-wives on which of the three marriageable daughters would complete such a task. The eldest may have the ability to heal, use herbs, and use magic well. Her sisters have other abilities they may suit better. I do not know if Kaylee would be able to perform such a task. Lista chooses her own path and is very stubborn when taught the ways of women in my court. Her sisters conform well and will have better control over themselves. She may thrive in your court with different customs. King Ifri bound his head, thinking, assisting with a task so important should not be left to women. Men should be the only ones protecting the kingdoms. Whichever you send, they must choose a guard they trust with their lives. My son will choose two to assist him. All will be under the prince's care while they are out, but they will need to be armed and prepared to fight if it comes to that. The guards have been trained not to interfere in the tasks ahead. They will be there to protect the prince from interference, sabotage, assassins, and assist with the initial ritual. Now, to the other matters which weigh heavily in our traditions. It is fated for the royal couple to magically bond upon marriage and consummation. They will hear each other's thoughts, know their feelings, and be able to get a sense of their locations. They will learn as we have, to control or block their thoughts and feelings. Lastly, his death would bring about a swift end to her life, and vice versa. Now you understand why only the family is privy to the details. Have you any objections to this bond? The question hung in the air like a dark cloud, none willing to touch the subject. Of course, the princess would be taught quickly as we were, to control the bond, they would never be in any danger of losing themselves. They would gain an instant connection, and the love that grows from a bond is strengthened by the honesty between the two. He gave his wife a small smile before returning his eyes to the two royals before him. King Ifri took a deep breath and looked to Queen Sandria for her answer. Both seemed to agree at the same time, nodding their assent. It shall be as you have directed, as they would inherit your throne. We would be able to openly discuss what the marriage would mean for the kingdoms, trade, and education after the ceremonies have completed. Queen Sandria looked even more eager for the advantages to her kingdom than distraught over the task before her daughter. The queen looked determined to proceed without any further argument. King Christoph nodded his assent and looked to his wife for confirmation. I, of course, would teach the lady the ways of our court. I would surround her with those who would enhance her abilities and teach her new ones. She would be able to choose her own queen's guard. Her protection is of the highest importance to the family, as you can well imagine. Queen Erin looked down at her hands, knowing full well what she would have to put the lady through after the ceremony was concluded in the public eye. 
the tasks of the queen were significant, and the bond interfered when new, especially when one was thinking, of nightly activities, while the other was attending to serious business. The bond training would have to come first and fast. It is decided, then. I will prepare for my daughter. You should go inform your daughter. They will both need guidance and rest before the morning. King Ifri rose from his chair and bowed himself out the room. Without further thought, Queen Sindria followed behind him after paying her respects to her royal host. King Kristoff stared after retreating backs and thought of the night before his hunt, when he was told of the bond. He lowered his head into his hands, silently thanking the gods that the royals did not deny his requests. The strait needed unifying before the darkness descended, and it would be very soon. His thoughts fell on his son, and the requirements left to him this evening before he could rest. His wife looked at him, knowing his thoughts, seeing what must be done now. Would you like me to stay? You know he responds better to me, she asked in a soft voice that belied her anxiety. All she needed was the nod before she spoke again. Trent, be so kind as to find Hannah and tell him it is time to begin. We shall talk in here before he begins the, the cleansing. Trent left the room silently, leaving the couple alone. Anxiety hung thick in the air. Abnor snored in the corner, making the king smile despite his fear. Before he could turn his thoughts back to the darkness, his wife took his hand and kissed it gently, letting him know she loved him, reminding him he was not alone. He won't like this. He will do his duty, but he will buck the bond. Christoph was sure his son would be raising his voice and arguing not to be the bonded to one not of their kind. The bond is cruel to some, as the true nature of the other is revealed to them instantly. Nothing can be hidden from the other until it is controlled. History has seen lovers united and bonded only to have the bond unveil the pure malice of one party. Unfortunately, the bond cannot be reversed or removed to prevent the death of either one of the couple. In cases where the couple were mentally unstable, their lives ended quickly after the birth of their first heir. The bond was performed after the consummation. The couple was protected vigilantly from suicide and murder. The toll on the mind is great and requires strength to overcome and tame the bond. The weak-minded cannot function under the extreme stress. He will learn the pleasures that come with the bond and the sorrows, the same as we did. He will not like the morbid link of the magic but he will not falter. He will protect his wife and his kingdom equally. He knows his duty. Queen Erin felt as though she was assuring herself as well as her husband. They didn't have long to ponder on his reaction. Prince Hanner strode through the door at that very moment. We are to begin, then. What is the first assignment I am meant to undertake? I understand there will be many in the days to come. Eager to please his parents and get the test begun, he stood in front of them and took in their concerned faces. Both wore long, worried looks that pronounced their age, and his happiness and excitement did nothing to alleviate the anxiety as it had so many times before. <sighs> Sit, my son. We will tell you now about the details of your tasks. 
your ritual tonight, the ritual at the prayer rock, the hunt, the animal bond, your coronation and marriage ceremonies. It will be difficult for us to talk about, so please be silent for a time and think about what we say. With that said, the king began the details of what was to come. Late into the evening they spoke until Trent notified the prince it was time for his cleansing ceremonies. Hanner was initially outraged at the idea of binding himself to another, even more so to an outsider. Once calm, the benefits of ruling equally in this manner made him accept the necessary evil. In the orchard, King Ifri and his Simbai confronted their eldest daughter, Lista. The information was passed from father to daughter in the traditional, emotionless exchange between a man of power and his inferior women. As the king left, the atmosphere relaxed between mother and daughter. This is why we have come to this flat, drab piece of land? You brought me here to sell me for my skills? I suppose it would be better to be married off to an outsider than to be chained to some lord's bedchambers. Still, I am not amused, mother. Princess Lista bent down to examine a small plant at her feet. Her mother sat feet away, enjoying the light evening breeze. I did not know, my daughter, that it would come to be a contest of skills. I have no doubt your skills surpass any other woman by far. Except, of course, your conformance and holding your tongue. I still have yet to see you master those. This will give you a chance to break from our traditions and let yourself feel the freedom of other women. Contempt will not aid you in your tasks, so let it go. It's past time you have married anyways. She smiled down at her daughter, who was now fully engrossed in the fungus of the tree, smiling as she identified the various types growing. To be bound in such a way isn't freedom, mother. It is chains made from a different metal. I don't even know this country, much less the man. How do I impress him? Is it a contest of looks and skill or fighting? You know I can hunt, but to fight another person is different. And what about children? Are we even genetically compatible? It is so unequivocally irritating to navigate the intricacies of this delicate issue. Lista paused as her train of thought was derailed when her mother began laughing hysterically. You, my darling daughter, are too well educated for your own good. Frustration gave Bloom to a deep flush, which deepened the dark color of her cheeks until it looked like someone had set fire to the coals and placed them there. Lista left her mother still trying to catch her breath and made for the library to be among the books she loved which were easier to understand than people. Princess Castile Listica sat dumbfounded as she listened to her mother recite the essential details of the arrangements made with the Sokol Kingdom. Princess Kira Listica stared out the window at the stables longingly, her attention anywhere but where her mother directed. Are you listening to me? This is your future, we are discussing, Kira. Please tell me that you have been listening. Your sister cannot do this for you, and you can't run away from it. Kira returned her attention to the room the moment her name was spoken. Mother, do you think you will even care if we have skills? 
I bet he won't care if we can skin a rabbit, track animals, or heal the sick. He will flip when he realizes what I can do. That bond will certainly be a problem. Nothing like knowing how much the man in your bed hates you because you don't conform to his specific view of the role in women in government. I'd rather be with my mare and her new foal. Queen Sandria smiled, holding back her temper. Dealing with her youngest daughter was trying at the best of times, and at this moment her anger could set fire to the couch. You will go to bed and rest. Your daggers are being sharpened for the hunt. You will do as the prince asks you to do, and you will come back as his betrothed. Do what must be done. Our kingdom needs Sokol trade to survive. Kira bowed her head and acquiesced to her mother's wishes. Retiring to her bed, she began to think of how she was to get through the next week. Resigned to her fate, she drifted off to sleep, dreaming of a man who would accept her for who she was. He said I would be in prayer and cleansed tonight. I didn't think it meant a hot bath with women to clean me, forbidden to do so myself. The prince sat in the fabulous hot tub, surrounded by female servants who were scrubbing every inch of his body, feathers and all, to remove impurities of the flesh. My prince, the only male voice he had heard through the last two hours spoke, it is time to remove you to the temple for your spiritual cleansing. The ladies will dry you, but you will walk through the castle naked. No fabric shall touch your skin until the ritual concludes. You will be taken to the temple for their prayers and the net for your wings. Hannah reluctantly followed Trent's directions, forewarned of the dangers associated with not following the ritual altogether. Ruffling his wings to remove the excess water, he followed Trent through the long corridors, thanking the gods as he went for the warm season. Many foreign guests he passed as he made his trek through the castle openly gawked. Some blushed, some giggled. The Sokol men he passed understood the significance of the heir to the kingdom strided naked through the hall. This was to prove that those who witnessed the walk, he was not afraid of assassins in his own home. His castle would be safe. He would have the peace of a newborn babe clothed only in what the gods gave him during his reign. Yet the walk did not hide his embarrassment. His head was held high, his flesh only hidden by the darkness of his skin. All Prince Hinar passed, bowed deeply, and began the prayers for safety and peace for his hunt. The Sokol woman covered their eyes in respect and knelt in reverence to his boldness as tradition demanded. Entering the temple, he noticed the altar he was used to praying at was arranged in a fashion he had not seen. Trent stopped him at the long table attached to the platform and began explaining the steps. My prince, during the rest of the night you are to rest here, unclothed and on your stomach. Most spend their nights in prayer, I am told, though it is your time to rest and contemplate your coming of age. This is the time where the priests and priestess will bind your wings for tomorrow's ritual. They have their prayers they must say over you, their rituals to perform. Just before dawn, 
I will dress you in your hunting gear and lead you to your party where you will meet the princesses and begin the ride to the prayer rock. You will receive the rest of your instructions from the gods on the top of the rock. Hanner laid down as instructed, and the priests and priestesses began their chants. The priest started weaving a thick cord through the feathers of his wings, building a tight web on each, connecting them in the middle so that they could not open. The priestesses were painting protective glyphs into the exposed areas of his dark skin in lime green. The color stood out among his skin well, and if looked at too long, appeared to change and move. The prince rested there listening, dwelling on the bond he had just learned of this evening. I wonder if this strange bond came as a shock to the princesses, too. It is shocking to know my parents have this bond. It does explain their equal rule and lack of arguments typical to those married I have witnessed. I will do what I need to do. I wonder if the bond will work the same. Time will tell. What if the princesses refuse and I have no other options? I cannot hold the crown as heir without a wife. It would break tradition. The lesser lord's daughters wouldn't strengthen the kingdom. I must assess them, find their gifts, and use them. Only then could I tell which of the princesses would suit me in the best. Before long, the prince's pondering and prayers drifted him off to sleep as the priests and priestess kept up their prayers through the night. As promised before the break of day, Trent returned with the traditional gray hunting suit and the prince's favorite weapons, his extravagantly carved oak bow and great sword. Gently he shook Hanner awake and assisted him with his gear. Now we join your party, for you must get to the prayer rock before noon today. Climb the rock before sunset and commune with the gods. Listen to the wind, and it will tell you where to go. Be swift in your task, for you only have five days in which to return. Send the servant at the camp back to the castle with the location the gods have given you, so that we may pray for your safe return. Do not forget you only have till the end of the week to complete the hunt, wedding, and coronation. Oh, and if I may say so, your highness, happy name day. Blessings of the gods follow you. Trent bowed low to the prince and gestured out to the courtyard. Stepping into the courtyard in the pre-dawn light, he was greeted by many who were knelt in prayer seeking his safe return. Tradition demanded he said no goodbyes. The king never leaves his people. He carries them in his heart wherever he goes. Queen Aren watched from her prayer pillow as he walked by, and she let a single tear escape from her eyes. She was forbidden to speak with him, even just to wish him a happy name day, as she had done every year for the last nineteen years. The horses were gathered with his two guards. He had known both since he could walk. Princess Kira, dressed in a tight black pants and a loose tunic of red, sat atop her large horse at ease, dual daggers at her side. She seemed distracted, tilting her head as if listening to someone speaking to her. Her guard was still checking her gear and glanced at Prince Hanar as he came closer but said nothing. The guard mounted the horse next to Princess Kira without another glance. He whispered warning of the imminent departure to Kira, who looked up quickly and patted her horse's neck fondly.
Princess Lista looked down, disgusted with the horse chosen for her, as it was too jumpy for her taste, her short spears strapped to her back. The black of her pants and tunic accented the light green scales of her upper breast. Her guard was settled atop an agile horse Prince Hanner knew well. It was his secret favorite horse to ride on a clear day. Princess Lista looked up as he rounded the corner and frowned at him, seemingly unimpressed with the accommodations she had received. The look she shot at him said she was not impressed with him either. Henner's horse had been packed with supplies for the trip, and danced side to side at the sight of his rider. Taking a moment to calm and soothe his mount, the prince looked over his companions, hiding the surprise he felt as he recognized both of the princesses. Princess Kira was the young maiden he had spied entering the banquet hall late with muddy boots and mussy hair. Princess Lista was the young woman at his side during the feast. Her frown indicated she knew who he was and was displeased at the thought of joining him. Their conversation at the dinner table disappointing her in her expectations of intelligent communications. I should have paid more attention to these two. One a rebel and rough around the edges the other graceful and massively intelligent. Only time will tell which I will have to give my heart's wind to, and it may not be a pleasant journey. Without another thought, Prince Hanner mounted his steed and began the half-day's journey to the prayer rock. The road there would be smooth and easy. Hanner knew what the day would bring, but the future is uncertain. The princess's presence caused him anxiety but he was determined to remain focused on his tasks. Chapter 4 Rituals Without difficulty, the horses galloped down the dirt path to the prayer rock, meeting no one along the way. A minimal amount of conversations were held between the individuals. The princesses were concentrating on their roles after they concluded this ritual. Both had deep creases marring their young faces. Kira glanced towards Hanner with a considering expression, but didn't speak. Reacting to an unheard voice, Kira glanced at Hanner again, a small smirk on her face like someone had told her a secret. Lista occasionally asked questions of her guard, who seemed to know her well. Light conversation, the heat, the road, and different plants, nothing serious broached in their talks. Like Kira, Lista looked to Hanner, observing his body language. She spent more time watching the surrounding countryside and commenting on different plants to her guard than paying any attention to the others in her party. Occasionally her horse jumped about, causing her to sigh in frustration. Just before the noon heat settled upon them, they reached the base of a vast plateau, which raised itself fifty feet into the air, reaching up like a column into the heavens. They had used the prayer rock for generations for solitude and prayers. Its sides were weather-worn and near smooth with deep crevices graved into the various places. High above the ground the wind would be more natural to hear, the gods easier to pray to, and distractions would only limit to the view the rock provided. This was the rock Hanner was to climb this evening. He looked on it with dread and awe, marking the smooth sides and high flat top. He was right. It would not be difficult if I could just fly up there. It would take all evening to climb to the top. Even if I fell, I wouldn't have my wings to land me safely. My prince, 
A soft voice broke his concentration on the rock. We have tents ready for your meal. Then we shall tend to the princesses while you climb. Hanner acknowledged the small servant who was speaking and dismounted his horse. Looking around to his companions, he noticed Kira was gazing to the top of the rock. It startled him when she said, I have seen nothing natural so high. It will be a task. It is smooth, and I do not know any true holds from here. Difficult, especially without wings. The fall would be perilous. She turned and smiled at him, and then ducked into the tent for refreshments. Surprised at her concern, Hannah let a light smile flit across his face. Lista, however, just huffed and entered the tent without comment. He began to wonder if she even wanted to be here. Hannah stood and thought only for a moment of the two princesses' different attitudes toward him. The small servant gestured the prince into the tent, trying to preserve the time he had left. Hannah entered the tent to find a light meal and water, not what he had envisioned they had sent out. My prince, we have your climbing gear in the other tent for you when you have finished. The little servant bowed as she handed him his plate and cup. Hannah began wondering if they don't enjoy playing dress-up with him today, but agreed his dark hunting suit would be blistering in the sun. He ate quickly and bowed to the princesses before turning to the tent flap. In the only other tent erected, he found a light cotton suit, sturdy shoes, and leather fingerless gloves to protect his hands. Dressing quickly, he pondered the climb. Father said he climbed from the northern side. It was difficult, but easy to start on. I wish I could bring daggers. I could use them in the crevices to make handholds. Alas, only my body I get. He exited the tent and started rounding the rock, looking for an excellent spot to begin. He gazed up and down as he rounded the broad base, attempting to determine where the best climb would start at. Prince Hanar, Listov spoke in a loud, arrogant voice. This area here gives you good purchase to the top. It should be the easiest route, if that is what you're looking for. She was standing on the western side, looking to the top. Curiously, he walked over to investigate her claims. I didn't think you would concern yourself about my task for today, Princess Lista. Forgive me, it seems I misjudged you. It does seem like the best spot. You didn't misjudge me. I am not concerned with this small climb. I have been climbing trees, rocks, and the occasional low mountain at the edge of the swords since I could run away from the palace. Most posed a more difficult climb than this rock. She gave a rare winning smile and turned to her guard. Evan here has tended many of my scrapes until I learned how to recognize a purchase when I saw one. Hanner smiled as the guard rolled his eyes and nodded indicating the princess had received many injuries from being too careless climbing. I will take your suggestion, then. Thank you, Princess Leah. Looking up to the top, he found his first handhold and whispered, It shall begin, it shall begin. He thrust himself up the rock, hand after hand, foot after foot. Carefully he made his way halfway up before he allowed himself to think. I will have to rethink her knowledge and concern. Not only does she know what she speaks, but she knows when not to. I must listen more. She must be anxious about the week, or she would have stayed in the tent. Before he could think about the princess's knowledge any more, 
he overreached his next handhold and slipped. Only his fingertips had reached into the crevice he searched for, and now he dangled only by those. Tense moments ticked by before he could reach a foothold to boost his grip. When he had righted himself on the rock, he paused for a moment to catch his breath and slow his heartbeat. His tunic had ripped on the side, and the material was sticking to his sweat in many places. The knees of his pants were now gaping holes, showing the stains of scraped knees. After he had calmed his mind and his heart, he redoubled his effort to get to the top. It was already reaching dusk, and he still had a ways to go. A few more scrapes accumulated and grunts issued from the prince before he finally reached the top. He heaved his substantial body onto the top of the rock, panting, careful not to roll right off to the other side. Standing, he looked at the view from the top. He could see the hills of the Lysican Kingdom to the east if he squinted. The edge of the force of time was a small green blur to the west. His country to the south was more visible and glared in the setting sun. Shock filled his countenance as he gazed at the top of the rock. They had prepared him to find just a flat surface on which he would sit and pray. Instead, the entire head was instructions and advice. In the middle was a small rod driven into the rock with a new rope, canteen, and an attached note. My dear son, if you make it to the top and have enough light to read this, read the history of the ritual. Each is tested in their own ascent to the crown. Each has helped from that day forward. You have reached the crown of the prayer rock. I offer your way down as the first to assist you. Your mother offers you water to aid in your thirst. We would have you know that you hold in our prayers and our hearts, so do not feel you complete this task alone. Heed the young princesses with you. They have more knowledge than is apparent. The darkness is coming soon and they will aid you. Their value is yet to be discovered, and their own families have yet to know their worth. They may each have been given instructions and advice on how best to assist you. Judge them for yourself. Speak with them and watch their actions. They may surprise you with their opinions if given an option to speak freely. Pray for your reign, my son. Pray for your marriage. Pray for your animals. Pray for your heirs, the future of our kingdom. Listen to the cries on the wind. They will tell you of your beast. Go and tame him and return to us safely. King Christoph Sokol. Hannah started reading the carvings, telling of the first coronation and the prayer rock. A king must be tested, have strength, endurance, flexibility, knowledge, and be able to accept help. King Dover's wings were broken from the difficulties he faced on his journey. They thought him too weak. He climbed the rock, he prayed, and climbed down unassisted. He proved his strength and endurance, and at the bottom, his guards had been killed in the night by a great panther. He used his knowledge and tamed the beast, riding at home where he was married, then crowned, beginning our history as we know it. All shall be tested in like manner. Those who do not pass shall die trying. Hanner finally understood the ritual's importance. He thought for a moment of all the crown princes in the past 
who had done the arduous climb? How many did the rock kill? How many were murdered by their beasts? He drank deeply of the water and settled down to begin praying and listening to the wind. He wondered as he rested precisely what activities the princesses would partake in while he was sat at the top and meditated on his future, as one of them would surely be a part of it soon. Dusk had arrived, and both the princesses were watching the prince climb the last feet to the top. Kira let a sigh of relief out when she could no longer see him. Lista simply stated, Now we wait. She settled into the cushioned bed she had the servants bring out of the tent and began her watch. Kira turned to the canvas, disappearing for a moment, and gathered her tools to sharpen her daggers again. When she returned, she settled on the ground and glanced up at Lista. What did they tell you were to happen in the next seven days? Lista turned her gaze to Kira, considering the woman before her. They told me we would be hunting. The way would be dangerous and trying. I was told to use my magic and healing abilities. After we return, one of us will be the chosen, married and crowned. Nothing more was said, though I expect it will be more difficult and more involved than they let on. Prince Hanner will test us to see who he values more. He may even blossom feelings for one of us. It doesn't matter anyway. We will learn what he is really like with this bond. She rolled her eyes as she said the last, not believing a word of the statement. My father didn't seem to care if I returned with or without the prince's attention. He seems to think I am only capable of a small amount of healing and herbalism. I've read nearly every tomb in our library. I continue to develop my magical abilities. I'm sure your mother expects the best from you. Kira shook her head. She sent me because I have displayed no interest in ruling our kingdom. I prefer to work with animals and train with my daggers. I enjoy adventure. I think she would like to be rid of me. My sister will marry soon and continue the lineage of strong Lysican rulers. Kira continued. I was told just as much as you. My skills might be tested. Prince Hanner's horse seemed to know exactly what to expect. He was telling me some details of their rides and that I found amusing and quite shocking. Prince Hanner seemed so stiff and unemotional the first time I saw him. It seems our prince has a soft spot for his animals. Your horse is his second favorite and is jealous he wasn't chosen by the prince. That's why he was so jumpy. I was informed we are to hunt this dangerous animal, and there's a darkness coming, which will place us all in danger. We will have to be vigilant to keep the prince alive. You're an animal telepath? I thought all Lysikens only move the earth. You might prove more useful than I do. I do not mind. I am not sure if I was offered the crown, if I would accept it. I would be tied down, and that strange bond to the prince would drive me insane. Someone in your head telling you how to be, where to go, what not to do. She turned to her table beside her to make healing poultices as she waited, her emotional outrage and disgust accenting her moves. 
Silence came over the two as they kept their vigil, occasionally glancing up to the top of the rock. A sweetly sick smell began to fill the air, irritating Kira's nose. What are you mixing? Its smell is strong and noxious. Kira covered her nose and glanced at the bowl in front of Lista. Our prince will need his paste when he climbs down in the morning. I can taste his blood in the air. We have a great task ahead, and it will not do any good if they can smell his blood a mile away. So, maybe I should let him bleed. I could return to my books and be done with his whole irritating circus. You are right, of course. I shall retire and rest. Call me if there are any changes. We will all need our strength tomorrow. Good night. Lista nodded as she finished the pace and settled back into her cushions and looked through the darkness on top of the rock. She watched the stars twinkle above and thought more on the bond. Hmm. Irritating as it might be, I could see some advantages this bond would have between equal ruling sovereigns. I wonder how far the reach is. Can you block it? Grow it? Use it to enhance feelings or sensations. The description she had been given by her father bothered her and reminded her of something she had read long ago. Couldn't exactly remember. She began praying for their safety through the next days and drifted off to sleep. In the pre-dawn light, Prince Hanner regained the ability to see his hand again. He had rested part of the night, prayed for the safety of his people, his princesses, and his wild animal. For the last few hours he had sat and listened to the wind whipping around him, but it had not spoken. Discouraged, he lay flat on his back and looked up to the heavens. The last stars twinkled at him, taunting his lengthy stay. It was only then he heard it. We hear your prayers, we hear your young prayers, prince. Hear your, young prayers. Prince. your reign will be strong and long. Dangers await in your future, near and far. The darkness will descend upon you, and you will light the way. Light the, way. the assistance you seek lies with you and within you. You will break tradition with your marriage. Your bonding will be the strongest in history and quickly controlled by your counterpart. As for your beast, he hunts today near the Valley of Swords in the Forest of Time. He will kill many before you defeat him. The old temple of Dismaj is where he will begin. Beware of which you choose, for only one will be tamed in the end. Seek him in the rubble and dust covered in his victim's blood. One will know the way. Both will aid you. Listen well to the women. They will give you the gift of life and love. Your princesses will be safe at your side and assist you in your most significant time of need. Use their knowledge well, for blood will be spilled and hidden gifts will be used. Only when they break tradition together will the hunt succeed. Let them guide you to the animal, for only with their skills will you triumph. Take care of the tasks do not cost you your heart's wind. You will need to think rather than feel your decision. Your future rests in the hands of the princesses. Your actions guide them. What is begotten of your marriage will determine how the darkness falls. You will create the light that will shine through the darkness. 
but not if you fail today. Now rise, Prince Hanner, and do your duty quickly before more die than is necessary. Hanner opened his eyes and blinked into the light of morning, recalling the warnings he had just heard. The voice seared into his memory as fear took hold of his heart. For a moment he debated his duty. He feared for his life and that of who was with him. He sat up and pondered the cost and how the princesses were both to guide him to his animal. He wondered how he was to create a light strong enough to defeat descending darkness. I am Prince Hanner Sokol. I will defend the kingdom with my life, rule with equality, justice, and benevolence. This beast is no bar to my rule. My queen will be chosen today. My heart will be guarded against being broken, and my future will be solidified. I go to my hunt. Long may my flight be in this world. If it is not to be, then let the winds carry me to rest with my gods and ancestors. I face my fate now. Anna rose to his feet as the sun peeked over the horizon, pride and determination filling his soul. Taking his father's message and his mother's gift, he used the rope to repel his way down the rock. Lista glanced up in surprise as the sun hit her eyes, and she watched the prince repel gracefully down the side of the rock with his rope and water. Prince Hanner descends. He will need food and water. Prepare his horse. He will want to leave as soon as he has changed. Kira flew out of the tent just in time to watch him touch his feet to the ground. The servants busied themselves with preparations and saddling the horses. Princess Lista took in Prince Hanner's appearance and came to his side, catching attention with the foul-smelling bowl in her hands. My prince, before we get you changed, I would like to tend your wounds, if you would sit, unless you prefer to hunt smelling like the next meal. Lista placed a bowl on the bed and gestured for the cushion she had just vacated. Hanner heeded the voice in his head, and warning in the wind then didn't argue. Minutes after the paste had been applied, the wounds sustained from climbing vanished. You heal wounds? You did have many scrapes as a child. Thank you. Now, we must prepare. There is a beast in the forest near the swords. Many will die if we delay getting to the ruins. Hanner rose and summoned a servant to take him to don his hunting gear. Lista stopped him with a hand. Did you hear where, my prince? My family's castle sits near a place such as you described. Are my younger siblings to be in danger then? The red glint he saw in her eyes reminded him of the voice in his head. She would defend her kingdom and family from all harm. He included if he wasn't careful. They told me to seek the old temple of Bismaj. He will be there. Do you know about it? Lista sat abruptly on the bed and gazed at the prince's eyes. Intimately. That is one of the places I climbed. It is near the mountains. None but Azimaj even know of its existence. The forest has swallowed it, surrounding the area with dangerous terrain. I can guide you to it easy enough. It would be easier to enter the forest near my home. The road from here is swift and easy. We must ride hard to get there by nightfall. Then we must hurry. Hannah rushed off to change. It took a few minutes to remove the corded web from his wings and he stretched, thankfully. Shortly after he was done, they were mounted and ready to leave. Go back to the castle. Tell Trent we head for the foot of the swords. Look for us in four days. We will return. 
the servants bowed deeply and hurried off to make their preparations to return to the castle my princesses we face danger and a long ride we must make haste the horses will be pushed to the limits but we must get there as soon as we can with that he turned his horse to the western road and started galloping to his next test i will speak to the horses they will let us know before they are too weary to carry us kira looked to lista who nodded and hurried after the prince may the gods send endurance to your hooves Bye fast, my beauties. We rely on you today. Kira swiftly sent out the message to each of the horses that they started flying down the road. The horses' minds were set on enduring to their limits to hasten their riders to the Zamaj castle, the hooves seemingly floating as they galloped at their fastest pace. Thank you for listening today. I hope it's been a great adventure this far. Do you think Hanner's going to make it in time to tame his beast? What do you think the women will have to do when they're there? How dangerous will it be? I guess we'll find out next time. Interested in hearing more? Have a question? Want the book? Find us on Facebook, Goodreads, and Twitter under every E-V-E-R-I. Catch the novels and audiobooks on Amazon and Audible. Shoot me some discussion questions. Catch you next time. every interested in hearing more have a question want the book find us on facebook goodreads and twitter under every e-v-e-r-i catch the novels and audiobooks on amazon and audible shoot me some discussion questions Catch you next time. Every.